Interested in upgrading or downgrading your home? First time buyer? TPS, DACA, or ITIN? Not a problem. Call or text Yamilef Estrada with the MG team at Rowe Real Estate for all your real estate needs at 479-616-8854. Hola, me llamo Beth Coger y me gustaría servirte en el Congreso local como juez de paz en el Distrito 6. El futuro en el condado de Washington depende mucho de nuestra comunidad inmigrante y trabajadora. Yo luché con otros para terminar con leyes anti-inmigrantes como la 287G y lucharé para que nunca regresen. Como su juez de paz, invitaré a todos a participar para mejorar nuestra comunidad. Por favor, voten por mí, Beth Coger, como su juez de paz, Distrito 6 del Condado de Washington. Este mensaje fue pagado por Friends of Beth Coger. What's up, everybody? Welcome back We're to back. the show. We're back. This is the District 3 Podcast. I'm Manny. My name's Irvin. And uh, who doesn't like Don't Fear the Reaper? Have you heard that song before, Manny? Yeah, of course. Of course. I think it, it's appropriate. I'm still feeling the, the spooky vibes from the weekend, you know, so I think it's a, it's a good vibe to start off on. What did you end up doing for Halloween? Absolutely nothing, and I loved it. Um, yeah. I spent all my time looking at social media um, looking at what every, everybody else was wearing and doing and thinking, ah, you look cute. Like, look at you doing your thing. Good for you. I, I'm not that brave. Like, I'm not going to go out right now. Yeah. I, I will say I went to Maxine's this week, Maxine's Tap Room in, in Fayetteville, because mm. I had to go support Hannah and uh, everybody behind the bar because um, they've done a really great job also pinpoint did a really great job of like remodeling their stuff for the season um and it looks great you know luckily uh they're doing social distancing they have wait times the lines over there were crazy um but i'm proud of those uh those block street bars that's Um, legit and joining us this week is will watson thank you for joining us will yes happy to be here what uh outside of your career like what what when you go when you do like uh, let's say, for example, like a panel or something. What are you? What do you like to be referred as? Would you? Would Politico fall under your oh, title? Oh man, this is a really good question. Actually, like uh, <laughs> last time I did like a media thing about you know like haunted stuff in Northwest Arkansas. We really struggled <laughs> yes. with this. Like we were like we don't know what you know. Like there's no official title. You know, it's more like, and they settled on. Um, local history enthusiast you know so, <laughs> i don't know that i've ever had a nerdier title but um no man i think it's just a um activist and you know um local history buff you know yeah so what do you like like for example halloween i mean obviously just happened yesterday um i kind of felt like just by looking at your twitter handle like Halloween's one of the days that's like holidays that's important to you. What did you do? Did you do anything special or just stay at home like Manny? No, so I mean, kind of a combination. Like, I have a tradition like every October where I like to watch like certain scary movies, but also like other movies and TV shows that are not like horror movies, but just like get you in like the feeling for October. You know, I think everybody in the world likes the movie Hocus Pocus. You know, it's not (laughs) scary, but it's got witches, it's got, you know, like uh, black cats and things like that. So, you know, so I watched the movies um, yesterday, just hung out, you know, because of uh, all the COVID stuff, just mostly stayed in, 
with a couple friends and my brother and we watched the movies listen to some you know everybody's got like a halloween playlist and so we just mm -hmm. did like kind of halloween at home but uh you know one of the more fun things this year and i saw some of this on the internet and kind of stole some ideas for it but set up like a table in front of my house with like treats that were in little baggies so the kids didn't have to put their hand down mm -hmm. in a you know thing but put a you know put a table in front of my house and by the end of the night it was all gone so i guess some people were out trick-or-treating that's awesome yeah i i uh had the big bags but i was make i was like you know had the glove on and giving it to them so they weren't reaching into the bag because um, there were definitely trick-or-treaters still on my street and you know i feel bad i was like i, I gotta give these kids some sense of normalcy did you get uh, some trick-or-treaters coming to I your place i sure did yeah definitely Man, we didn't get anybody we went to we went to fort smith uh-huh and uh, to my wife's home, and we got a whole bucket of candy, and no one came. Wow. I was dressed up as a clown. Like, my <laughs> wife was dressed up as a witch, and uh, my brother and sister-in-law both had costumes on, and we were just waiting outside, and no one showed up. And it was like, man, you know, it was probably because the neighborhood's pretty dark. You know, I think people are probably scared. We were, like, the only house that had lights outside, which is usually a sign to folks, like, hey, come get candy. No one came. So yeah. we still have a bucket, and we just kind of started eating it ourselves. Did you watch any scary movies like Will? Like, I know you like your wife's, like, super right into it. it. I think we do that, like, almost every day. Yeah. <laughs> so we don't really... It's not just for this <laughs> so, season. But I think what, what we watched... The, we watched part of like Halloween four or something. Okay. There's like seventeen Halloweens, right? Right. Isn't there like also like a like one of these like uh, yeah, I forgot if it's Halloween or if it's Friday the Thirteenth, but don't they have one like in space? There's like uh, a, yes. <laughs> like it's yeah. gotten to the point. I think where it's, it's called Halloween X. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But there's there's a lot of good movies. Definitely one of the thing one of the ones that we wanted to watch, but we ended up not watching was Halloween Town. Do y'all remember that one from Halloween. Disney Channel? I watched that one this month, this last month. Classic. Yeah, checked into it again from the Disney Channel. That one's a classic. Did you yeah. did, do you have Disney Plus? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you know that there's that Halloween Town's a real place? In Oregon, there's a Halloween Town, Oregon. That's that's where the set was, and they preserved it, and you can go visit Halloween Town. I think I heard about about there being part of the set, but are you, are you saying it's an actual city? Yeah, it's a, it's a town, and uh, well, one of my friends went and visited it uh, maybe a year or two ago, wow. and because uh, Halloween Town's one of their favorite films, period. <laughs> I don't know they filmed that in Oregon. Yeah, I mean, just, like, think of, like, Oregon's kind of, like, rainy, uh -huh. and it's always kind of gray, so it's got that. It's already got some of those tones going for you already, right? Um, but he went, he said they had a whole Halloween uh, costume party. It was, I mean, it was just, like, super festive. Everybody there is just, like, living for Halloween. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Halloween Town. It's a real place. You can go visit it. Google it. Did y'all get to go to any haunted houses or anything? I was wanting to, and like, didn't last year I asked you to see if you wanted to come with me, and then you ended up not wanting to? Yeah, right? no, I, I haven't that, made man. it to any in a couple years. No, I mean, I am, I'm super into like the, you know, like the haunted history and things like that, but the ones where it's like, <laughs> you know, jumping out at you, it just scares me, man. I, I don't know that I can do that, but, you know, um, combining the two topics, uh, I've been walking a lot of neighborhoods, you know, making sure that people know about the election and getting out to vote, and, um, we saw a ton. I mean, I've, we, I've probably been to like 10 or 15 different neighborhoods around Northwest Arkansas over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the decorations, people really get into. I feel like I went to some yeah. haunted houses just because of the level of decorations. <laughs> and like we went by a house in Farmington yesterday where um, they had received an award from like the city or from some organization saying you have the best Halloween decorations um, in the area. Wow. And it was like their whole front yard was like a graveyard and ghosts hanging from the trees. And, Where was um, that at? That was in... Um, Is it Westport? Like, 
it was actually in Farmington, Farmington just yeah. south of where their high school is. But you know, like they had already, they had been, they had looked like a yard sign in their yard that said "Best Halloween Decorations." You know? So <laughs> oh, people take it best. seriously. We know? got to go to one in uh, Barling. You know where Barling's at? Mm-hmm. And yeah, south of Fort Smith. Yeah. yeah, we got to go to one yesterday. That whenever you got close to that house, you had to change it to a specific radio station, and the music in the radio station, uh, like it went along with the lighting. Like there was different. There was like the purge. There was uh, different types of songs, and like it was, it was pretty cool because you could hear the music and the lights were playing and, and acting according to the song. Yeah. And it was free. I was thinking to myself, you know, like what's the electricity bill on that kind of house? <laughs> they weren't even taking donations. You know, that's very, that's very cool of, of the house owners to do that. Right. I, 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 well, what was that? What's the place in Fayetteville? That used to just do the free uh, Christmas stuff. Oh, yeah, the family kind of in East Fayetteville. That yeah, were, uh, well, like, they had to quit because... Uh, COVID? No, no, I think it was for cost reasons. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. But they, I mean, they had, like, a, it was, like, maybe an acre and a half or more yeah. of just, like, Christmas lights and, and... I took my mom over there one time, and the yeah. line, you know, cars, like, out of the neighborhood. Like, I mean, like an amusement park or something. Like, just, like, people lined up around the block to get in to see the lights. And Doesn't I'm it sure get it pretty muddy over there, too? Is that the one that I'm thinking about? There was one where you had to walk a little bit, and it's pretty muddy. Mm. There's there's definitely some walking involved. But, but all that to say, it's like, yeah, there's definitely a cost, uh, because I know that place was definitely affected by it. And it had been around for... A long time for as long as I can remember. Yeah. I think Halloween can be one of those expensive holidays if you're not careful because you can end up like between costumes and <laughs> yeah. candy yeah. and decorations and trying to go see like uh, every haunted house and all that. I mean, it's it's fun, but you know that's kind of why I like some of the you know the more like places you know that you just go and you know like sort of the background of like scary things that happen there. You can know, we that, talk about that? Because I know you yeah, have experience. You have experience. Yeah, yeah the history I, enthusiast. I showed up to a, to a was it, would it be a presentation? Is that what it's called? A presentation that you did? When we went cemetery? to the, When we went to the cemetery, yeah. We went to one of the cemeteries in Fayetteville and um, we, I think I called it like a ghost walk, you know, okay. like because we're like just trying to, you know, like see this history, maybe feel it, experience it, you know. And you but, do this for free 99. That's yeah, no, free. well, I mean, like, the goal is just, like, like to highlight those spots that a lot of people don't know about, you know, like, whether it's, like, here, you know, in Springdale or down in Fayetteville or even, like, up uh, where I work in Benville and Rogers. I mean, it's, like, there's all kinds of, like, pieces and history that people just don't know. I mean, uh, I was doing a little bit of research in, like, Rogers, like, towards Pea Ridge, you know, where there was a mm. big Civil War battle. And, like, you can find these newspaper articles from people talking about hearing, like, horses galloping on the highway and there's clearly no horses on the highway anymore but you know 150 years ago there was a civil war battle there where lots of people were killed and so you just have this like history that's still left you know different places and Irvin and I met a couple years ago um, at one of these ghost walks that I did for a few friends over at the Confederate Cemetery and the Walker Cemetery in Fayetteville where there's a lot of history there that goes back 150 200 years and um you know there's some famous people buried there but it's also just connected to that civil war you know there's a lot of hurt there there's a lot of people uh you know different families were split you know down the middle and northwest arkansas in particular there was a lot of um you know blood spilled in this area and so um having this area that's still really you know charged with um with bad energy you know you can go there and you can feel a little bit of like that still Mm -hmm. hanging around and in particular, I think there's been a lot of history work done on, um, 
you know, the first families that were, you know, that were in this area and sort of how, who got left out of their story, you know, and mm. physically who got left out of these, um, these final resting places for people. Mm. And so it was interesting to take a walk there. I think we had like a random person like pop up and say, what are you kids doing here? You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Cause and it was so, like me, Myra, some of, some of your siblings yeah. and you, and then some, I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was a good so, time, though. It was a really good time. Yeah, and it's fun. And, and I think that's part of it is just that, like, you scare yourself more than anything. They're probably scared. <laughs> it's it's you know, more just like thinking about it. The tension. Yeah. yeah. So, But it is funny to, uh, you know, to look back at some, like, different newspaper articles and things like that that talk about, you know, full uniform Civil War soldiers being mm. seen there. Um, it's an area where, like, original settlers from Fayetteville, you know, who were... Um, you know, colonizers that came to, you know, Northwest Arkansas, immigrating West from, you know, different places um, in Appalachia. And they were, you know, they were coming here and occupying the land. And then they were like, they had like a lot of trouble with, you know, like local, um, like just all the things you can imagine from a frontier. And so there's a lot of bad stories from that. Yeah. You know? and a question, how much of that is like, uh, is there a Native American portion to that? I know like we're right up on the Trail of Tears here in Northwest Arkansas. Um, do, you, do you have any of those stories that you end up reading about or telling? Yeah, no, I think that's really, I think that's a really good question, Manny, because the reality is that so much of those stories get erased. You know, they don't, they don't, they don't get relayed in the same way that, um, that other ones do, but there's definitely a lot of um, dark and unfortunate history around um, the way that indigenous people were treated and Arkansas broadly and in Northwest Arkansas specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't know of any like, you know, like ghost stories or things of that nature, but Fayetteville definitely has like a really um, sad role that it played in terms of um, when the, the Cherokee people were removed from their native lands in like the Southeast, like Georgia, North Carolina area and moved west, Fayetteville was one of those stops, you know, mm. and um, definitely encourage everybody to take a, take a look, you know, get online and uh, research the Ridge family and learn a little bit about, um, there were actually members of that family that were murdered, and, and um, I don't remember if they lived in Fayetteville at the time, but they were sort of a branch of the Cherokee leadership that had agreed to, you know, to, to be relocated from the southeast out towards Oklahoma. And there were members of the tribe that were really upset with that decision, and rightfully so. Mm. But, um, but like, I know people still living in Fayetteville today who are related to, to that family. You and, said and the Ridge the family? The Ridge family, R-I-G-E. And so you can That's, do a little research on yeah. that and learn about, um, you know, sort of Fayetteville's role. And um, the, the home that that family lived in is actually one of the uh, houses that's just off the Fayetteville Square. Did you ever get to, to visit the Tillywilly Bridge? So I did go out to Tilly Willie in South Fayetteville <laughs> a couple times um, before it was, uh, you know, finally like rebuilt because it was supposedly Falling structurally apart. dangerous. I think they rebuilt it because it was haunted and they didn't want yeah, people going out there to so play around it. But, you know, there was always a rumor that, you know, Tilly Willie had some role in one of those teenage love gone wrong things. Yeah. And someone drove off the bridge and you could see the car in the water if you went out at the right time. Um, I always love stories like that. Back home from where I'm from in South Arkansas, you know, we have one of those stories about there's a certain railroad crossing that if you park next to it, there was an accident there. And if you leave like baby powder on the um, hood of, or on the um, bumper of your car and then put the car in neutral, your car will roll across safely the railroad tracks and leave like fingerprints on the back of your 
Um, wow. You know, your bumper in the baby powder. I've personally never experienced anything like that, but it's still fun to like check that stuff out, you know? I remember going to Tilly Willie Bridge, I think when I was like uh, probably like 18 or 19, and uh, we went with a bunch of friends, it was at night, and one side of the bridge is really cold, and the other side of the bridge is really hot. I don't know, like scientifically speaking, what that could be an explanation for. Um, and people said that were with me that they heard some weird sounds of a woman, which is, I know, very stereotypical of like when someone has a, a haunted experience, they always hear some sort of woman yell, yell, yelling and, and wailing. Um, but I felt the cold and the hot. Um, and I had heard stories also that if like the, the windows get fogged up, you'll start seeing handprints in the cars and stuff like that, too. Uh, but they 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 fixed it. And now it's do you know, I don't even remember where it's at now. Do you know what? Yeah, so you have to kind of go um, towards Greenland, you know, but like you're headed south on 71, and it's uh, a little side road. um, Oh, so it's a road now. It's like a side road, and then you have to hitch off onto the more, like the more rural Mm -hmm. county road. I wonder Um, if it still has some sort of energy. Yeah, I mean, I think that those things are are really interesting to think about because you're, you're talking about a place, right? You can take down a bridge, but you can't, if there was something that happened there, you know, like right now... There's so many places in Northwest Arkansas because of development that, you know, maybe there's a new structure there. Maybe there's a, um, a apartment building or something like that. But that doesn't change what happened where that, you know, structure is. I think especially when we think about, like, Pea Ridge or Prairie Grove or these places that are tied to these really, you know, these darker parts of history. One of my, um, you know, just to, to throw another one out there, one of my favorite places and one of the most beautiful places in Northwest Arkansas is Carnal Hall, the, um, the bed and breakfast um, at the on U the U of A's yeah. campus, yeah. And, like, that building has such history. I mean, it was almost torn down because it was in disrepair, but it was, um, you know, I think it was the first woman's dorm on the U of A campus. There's, like, all sorts of, like, apocryphal history. Like, maybe that was where they put, like, the Spanish flu um, victims. Like, wow. it was sort of as, like, a place where people were taken when they were when they were sick. And, um and there's definitely, you know, reports of, like, a woman who wanders the halls of that, you know, hotel um, in a flat flowing dress. And maybe there's piano music. And maybe, like, if you leave your bags on the floor, they get packed for you and put, you know, <laughs> by the door so you need to leave. You know, things like that. Yeah. Those are just fun stories to think about. Irvin, that sounds like you need to go stay at Carnal Hall. I mean, add that, add that to, the pl- to the bucket list of places. Yeah. I haven't gone to the Arlington Hotel yet in Hot Springs either. It's called the Arlington, right? That's right. Yeah, I uh, the last time I we were talking about the last time we saw each other Will was at a Christmas party that you that you threw and I sat down with your brother and I didn't know your brother had all these like stories. He started talking to us to Myra and I for like an hour about like all these uh he I think he even had a story about the Arlington Hotel. Um is it are scary stories like a, a big thing within your family? Like do you all talk about them a lot or is it just kind of I think I think we all really like Halloween. I think that we like October and fall and um we certainly like you know, share the, the affinity for like ghost stories. I mean, I think in our family, like we are really, we're a really close family and we're really tied to, you know, our history. We like to know about our relatives and I think we all are interested in geology and where we come from, you know, as a family. And, um, and I think all those things tie together to be interested in, you know, we've, we've been really lucky to live in some really old and, um, interesting buildings. And so like in hot springs in particular, where we went to high school, um, that town has so much like history from like the 20s and 30s and Al Capone, um, yeah Al Capone Babe Ruth. Uh, prohibition gambling all of it um 
and just being down there and <laughs> being around those places. So, I mean, our high school was an old hospital. Like, we lived in an old hospital. And if you can imagine the energy around that, yeah, you know, that's kind of different. Well, we're going to take a little quick break and talking about haunted places. This song is actually about the Crescent Hotel. Who are the artists uh, singing it, Manny? If you can confirm that for me. Is it it's still on the hill? Yep, and they're local. Um, so enjoy this song. It's the song, the official name of the song is called Ghost of the Crescent Hotel. And we'll be right back after this quick break. on the floor walk right through me he lays her down upon the bed smothers her with kisses as I stand by and watch silently reminiscing oh, I'm gonna make the curtains flutter just a bit make them realize I exist I'm gonna make the lantern rattle on the table over there gonna make the lovers tremble make them both aware that I Really feel maybe I'd be born again. 
taking a little sip of some bourbon that Will brought to us. Can you talk to us a little bit about the bourbon that you brought, Will, and just kind of, well, first of all, what's the name of these? I don't even know the actual name. Sure, so I brought two bourbons by. Um, the first one that we tried is a new bourbon in Arkansas called Smoke Wagon. It's out of Las Vegas, and it's pretty cool. Um, I, I just like to try anything new, you know, um, that comes by, and they're aging it, you know, out of Vegas, got this Western theme. Um, probably sourced it from you know either Indiana or Kentucky and um, just kind of put their own flair on it. I like it. It's it's pretty smooth, kind of butterscotchy, um, and it's forty six percent alcohol. The other one that I brought that we're about to try is called New Riff. It's a bourbon out of um, Lexington, Kentucky. Um, actually, it says it's from Newport, Kentucky, which is outside Lexington. But this one is a little bit different because it's a single barrel barrel proof, which means you get a lot more character than the first one, which is a, you know, this is this could be a huge batch, you know, dozens or hundreds of <laughs> barrels dumped together and then blended out for flavor. When you talk about a single barrel, you're talking about, you know, the character of one barrel of bourbon, as it comes out of the barrel, um, unfiltered, this just got dumped out of a barrel and then they bottled it. Mm. Um, and so this is a lot stronger, I think. And... Mm. Um, uh, it just has like variation by the barrel. And so they actually, you know, on the bottle, you can see that they actually write the barrel number, write the exact proof that it went in the bottle, things like that. So, you sound like a professor of bourbon. I, I would love to. You know, we talked about <laughs> titles earlier. Is there a PhD? Professor of bourbon, maybe my new Twitter PhD. bio. Uh, um, among uh, the, the history enthusiasts, the enthusiast. he's also a professor of bourbon. I'm adding these to my Twitter bio you tonight. Should. You Will, should. But Will is also, he's just got a knowledge of everything. I mean, Will was one of the first people whenever I started getting, like, uh, civically engaged. Uh, a lot of people would always say, like, maybe I should ask Will this. Because I had a bunch of questions, and, and uh, Will just seems to be a, a wealth of knowledge for for everything. Because, uh, I, I mean, people would ask about, like, can the county do this? You know, does how does that voting procedure go? And, and, and Will was just always on top of it. How does it feel to have, like, that role? Most of the time, that just means you're old. And, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Kind of <laughs> I don't, don't want to say anything, but Like, uh, you know, when, when some new young guns show up, you're, you're interested in fresh blood and getting new people involved, <laughs> you know, in things. But... No, I mean, I've been around, I, I love Northwest Arkansas. I moved here for school 15 years ago this year. Mm. And just like, I, I think a lot of people come in um, and get a degree and then kind of go somewhere else for a while. Maybe they make their way back. But um, with the exception of like one internship, I, you know, I came here and loved it and decided to stay here. And so I think that comes with some institutional you know, knowledge, whether it's, you know, being involved locally or politics or, or whatever. So, yeah. Do you I, feel that like... Do you feel that commitment to, because, you know, like you said, some people leave, you know, when they come here and they get their degree and they leave. Do you feel some sort of commitment to the state of, you know, wanting to work towards making it better and instead of just, just leaving it? Because I know I, 
I live with that. You know, there, sure, there's other opportunities in, uh, in, other, in other locations around the country, but there's something about, like, wanting to do the hard work here that's very intriguing, and it's, like, it motivates me to keep on going. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my brother and I just had this conversation within the last two hours. We were talking about, you know, um, you know, God forbid, but if Donald Trump wins the election on Tuesday, you know, what, what do you do to, like, stay sane for four years? How do you, you know, take care of the people in your lives that are, that are vulnerable for four years? And, you know, like we said the same thing that I think every progressive person says, which is like, oh, maybe I'll leave the country. Right. And I, and I really got <laughs> on to my brother and I was like, man, that's a that's a cop out. You yeah. know, like we can't all leave the country. And a lot of people don't even have that as a luxury to think about. And so I feel like in the same way, you know, for Arkansas, like I'm sick and tired of being ranked 50th and 49th and everything. I right. mean, like we don't want to be first in COVID. First yeah, in COVID. first in COVID, 50th in education, right? <laughs> first in COVID, 49th in healthcare. Outcomes. Incarceration, I mean, we're pretty close to number one, too. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, these are issues that, like, we know some of the solutions. And so it just, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're Democrat or Republican, finding people that are willing to work together and get the, you know, get the results done. But yeah, man, I've been a beneficiary my entire life. I mean, my, my dad is a firefighter and my mom's a teacher that's about as blue collar as it gets in arkansas and right. i went to public schools and got really lucky to go to um you know a great public school in hot springs that i mean it it set my course in life and so when you've been a beneficiary you know from this state of so many things even with all the problems we have i think there's an obligation to give back and i think we all kind of feel that and um it's even more exciting to be in northwest arkansas and be doing that because there is so much like whether you know in the spaces of cultural diversity, but also just resources that we have here to um, to build some new solutions. How do you how do you feel about where we are? Because uh, obviously we're two days out, two days away. And for you read th- my mind. I was going to ask probably the same question you were going to. Yeah, I mean, talk. it's just we're three guys that are like we we talk about politics a lot, and yeah. then we're we we know most of the candidates. Um, There's bourbon on the table. That's where we're at. Yeah, right now. yeah. So like <laughs> like just where where are you mentally? Um, you know, do you feel like, hey, this is, this is what we've been talking about for four years, um, finish lines right here, thank God, or are you more like, no, let's, let's keep running. I mean, it's not yeah. even slow down. I mean, I think that, that the reality is that there's one, you know, big election that's drawn a lot of people's attention on Tuesday, but we all know, like the three of us know in particular, there are so many elections, whether it's at the city council level or the county level or the state level, that we need people in office who are actually thinking about the average person, who are thinking about a person that's hurting right now because they own a small business, or a family that's hurting because they lost a loved one, or they're thinking about, wow, we just made it through, you know, part of a pandemic, but what if we lose our health insurance? And, you know, I wrote a a letter to the editor that was in the paper this last week, where I basically said, who are we thinking about when we're out voting? I mean, are we thinking about People that are doing well, we ask ourselves a question: Are you doing? Four, are you better off now than you were four years ago? We should be asking: Is the person who has the least doing better off now than they were four years ago? Not. Mm. I was doing pretty well four years ago. I'm still doing pretty well. Yeah. I think we we may all be in that in that situation. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people who are hurting right now. And um, when it comes to the races, I think that there's just like so much uncertainty, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're progressive, you have to feel pretty good about the Democrats' chances to win the Senate. There's a lot of strong Senate candidates out there. I think we're running a literal astronaut in one of the races, so yeah. you, got a strong, <laughs> you got a strong chance that the Arizona. Democrats will take the Senate. Um, but even with, like, a lead in the polls, I don't think anybody feels confident that Joe Biden is yeah. going to win the election because of all the threats to the Democratic institutions that Donald Trump has posed. So... 
I think everybody's still really worried about what's going to happen Tuesday night. And who knows, we might not even know who the actual winner is uh, on Tuesday night, right? I mean, even maybe even not even Wednesday night. Yeah, I think it's important to, to you know, give that warning from people that understand. It's like election night, we will not know who the winner is. Um, it'll probably be a few weeks until we know. But most likely on Tuesday, we're going to hear that it's gonna, it's Donald Trump. Um, that one from in-person voting. Well, and I think that what a lot of people uh, probably it makes sense to them, but they but they just don't think about when the media tells us when you know CNN or um, Fox News or NBC you know makes a projection about a state. That's exactly what it is. It's a projection. They're looking at turnout, but they don't have all the results in past election years. They don't have a hundred percent of the results in. They have a certain number of results that allow them to guess who's going to win the election with some degree of certainty. But when they've made those, you know, guesses in the past, they've been right most of the time, but that's just a guess. And so it's really funny to me, you know, to hear, you know, President Trump, who for four years has attacked the news media, <laughs> say, well, we have to have the news media tell us on Tuesday who the winner is, when the reality is so many people are voting by mail, so many people are casting absentee and early ballot ballots that states have their hands tied with how they can react to them. You know, in, in Arkansas, we can't even start counting the absentee ballots until the morning of the election. Mm. Um, in one district, I know that there were 300 early votes in 2016. That district has over 2,000 early votes just right. this year, and that's one district. Yeah. Um, I mean, the amount of time it takes people to count those ballots manually and with the machines that they have, it may take longer than 7.30 p.m. on election night. And so we just have to be prepared. We need everybody to know that the results that we'll have, you know, midnight on Tuesday are going to be partial results. And I hope people are still motivated to show up, you know, because, I mean, I th most of us have have early voted already, but um, when I say most of us, I'm talking about, like, the people that are involved in politics and, and local activism and stuff just because they want to they wanted do it already, you know? But um, there's still folks out there that probably, like, we're going to go Saturday, but something happened, they're like, I'll just go Monday, you know? Or, or now they might not make it tomorrow and they'll be like, I'll just wait till election day. And election day comes, it rains, who knows what happens and you might not, mm. not show up. That's what happened back in 2016. It poured on election night, you know, and some people were, on, were in line, some people got out and were like, I'm just, I gotta go home, I got my kids with me. So just please make it a priority. Yeah. Um, I had so many people tell me within the last week, no, I'm waiting for election day because it's more exciting. Um, which, you know, <laughs> get, you, do whatever you want. Um, maybe it is more exciting. I think a lot of people just, some people want to be in the line and talking to, you know, their f fellow voters that are there in line about, you know, some of the issues that they're having. Um, you, there is a sense of uh, civic engagement that people just love, like knowing, hey, we're Americans, we're doing this. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's you're going to wait longer. Um, it's going to be a little tougher. Um, but, you know, as long as you get it done, that's what matters. Yeah. I think I'm going to be out here grilling hot dogs on Tuesday for all those people waiting in line. For real? Yeah, I, I'm going to try it. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we need to cut this out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we're really interested uh, you know, to, to check into like what the turnout is like because we already know that you know, um, we, we know some things about the people that have voted. We know that turnout is way up in the early vote compared to past years. We know that young voters, like voters under the age of 35, are just killing it this year. Even in like Washington County where we are right now, they're outvoting senior citizens for the first time maybe mm. ever, but yeah. definitely in a very long time. 
and we just need what you need to do is everybody needs to like just go through their phone and like text anybody that they haven't seen post about it you know you just go through your phone and ask everybody you know um have you voted yet have you made it you know have you made it a priority you know making a plan is super important because of exactly what urban said you know people on election day they have a flat tire or mm. they're you know they're running you know a fever and they don't want to you know risk it mm. and so i mean if you can vote early tomorrow on monday i think that's super important but have a plan know that you're going at lunch know that you're taking a break know that you're going right after work um and look around your county and know exactly where um, you can vote if you drive to one place and the lines are long. There might be another place to vote five minutes away where there's no line. So yeah, I texted I texted most of my family members that, that can vote yesterday to make sure that they go vote. Except my two cousins that are Trump supporters. I, I, I didn't remind <laughs> I didn't them. I was like, if they forget, you know, that's on them. You know, but uh, definitely whenever I, I I went to vote last Saturday and then uh, yesterday I went to take my stepfather to vote, and there was a lot of Latinx people there. Yeah. Which made me really happy. And like that whole thing about like them going with their families, you know, because they want that selfie, they want that picture. Like it's true. So right. it's like it's it's good to see that they show up and they can hopefully they right. continue to show up if they haven't voted yet. And that's what we predicted last time that you and I were on is that, you know, uh, looking at the data, there weren't a, a ton of Latinx voters yet. Um, and now we're seeing them come out. I'm still expecting like a lot of people to come out on Tuesday. Um you know, it's most people just want to wait, and I think there's there's still like we have maybe missed an opportunity in telling more people about the early voting, um, but you know everybody knows November third, so I, I think it's it is going to be a little bit crazy. I want to ask you to a question as well, like what do you how do you feel about the whole civil unrest thing post election? Um, I mean, you know, there people talk about like there's going to be a civil war. I don't buy it. Um, you know, I think people are, will definitely be upset. Um, but you know, are you guys ex- expecting some protests around the courthouse um, once we get results back, um, or are you guys expecting to, you know, people just to blow it up on social media? Well, I think one of the things about American politics has always been, no matter who won, you know, between the two major parties, there's always been a peaceful and seamless transition of power. I mean, for the most part, there's like one election in like 1872 or 1876 that it was like <laughs> kind of in the in the gray area of what actually happened. But, um, you know, I, I think it is a really sad, you know, time for our country that you have a president, you have a, you know, a party that is actively in court trying to make it harder to vote. They're actively suing to disenfranchise people in Texas. You have two different court cases going on from mm-hmm. the Houston area where they're trying to throw out more than 100,000 votes because mm-hmm. the county made it easier to drop it off in a drive through People with disabilities, older people who didn't want to go to a polling place, even a vote early place, um, had been able to vote through drive through by dropping off their ballot. And the Texas GOP sued to have those ballots thrown out. They lost the case today in the state court, um, but they still have one in federal court that they're um, that the GOP is actively trying to have these ballots thrown out. Mm-hmm. And I think when... When you do things like that, you sort of delegitimize what the outcome of the election is. And mm-hmm. so I think like both directions, the president is actively saying if he loses that it's not a legitimate outcome and Democrats are watching, you know, their votes be thrown out mm-hmm. for no reason other than that um, a lot of conservatives assume that the more people vote, the worse that their results are. And so I think like for better or worse, we, we should get everyone to vote. And if everyone votes, and the outcome is good, bad, or ugly, no matter whether we like it or not, if everyone votes, we will. We should accept the outcome. I 
I don't think locally, I don't think we've seen the same kind of um, violence or intimidation, but we also know that, like, all politics is local. And I know that, like, you know, here in Springdale, there's certainly been, like, some... A lot of intimidation really here. Intimidation and <laughs> well, upsetting things, intimidation, you know. But, yeah. um, but I think particularly when we talk about, like, polling places and yeah. people, you know, being scared to go vote, I haven't seen that as much, you know, mm-hmm. here. Uh, but nationally, I, I am very concerned that, you know, um, if the if the outcome, the legitimacy of the election is questioned by a lot of people, then, um, then what that could lead to, you know. I always feel like just by looking at the uh, national news, whenever it's, like, a big election day, there's always a situation where... Uh, voting locations are closing and there's people demanding that, that they were in, in line before the, the deadline and they should be allowed to vote. And there's always conflict about that. Uh, do you think that's that's uh, always like um, paired with, with voter suppression? Like, do you think it's I think always... it just goes to the earlier point we were talking about, right? The elections are hardly ever decided like, okay, the election's right. over and we know automatically who won, right? Like most of the time when someone, when it's even in question that a person could or could not vote, um, rightfully, you know, you cast a provisional ballot and then they decide later, like after the, you know, after the polls have closed, do we count those ballots or do we not count those ballots? But that's like, that's a conversation for lawyers. For citizens, mm-hmm. the goal is to get out and vote yeah. and be in that line by the time that the, the polls close. I mean, you hear about like, especially in bigger cities like Philly or New York or something, the polls close at a certain time, but people were in line that it takes them an hour or two hours mm-hmm. to clear that line. And <clears throat> I think that we've always said and and should keep saying that make sure you're in that line and if you're in that line don't leave it for any reason you know if you want to cast your vote um, and I think that's the that's what we still need to be telling people. So I think this question might be difficult for you, but I think it's it's still important to talk to to mention it because you, since you support so many candidates, if you had to pick one candidate that really inspired you this election cycle, uh, who would it be and why? Wow, that's a really good uh, that's a really good question, Irvin. Putting me on the spot here. Yeah, because um, <laughs> you're gonna get some text messages afterwards. Yeah, yeah, well, it wasn't me. Oh, no, no. I think, that's, I think that's really great. I will tell you that locally, um, one of the people who's who stepped up to run for a seat that is incredibly challenging because it ranges from a downtown to like really rural areas um, is Ronetta Francis in Bentonville. She is truly like a rock star candidate. Um, has been working since like not even day one, but like day minus 200 mm. to like make sure it was the right decision for her and her family to run, to make sure that she was a good fit for the district, to to apply her experience and her background to a race that <clears throat> it's just an area where Democrats haven't even run, you know, and to, to put that on the line and say, you know, I'm going to be who I am. I'm going to run as who I am. I'm not changing myself, you know, to be uh to fit what this district uh, has done in the past. Um, she's run a really inspirational campaign that stretches from Bentonville all the way down to Tawnytown in Washington mm. County. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, what's happening there. Um, I'm not gonna answer the question the way you asked it. I mean, all, <laughs> the, all of the candidates in, in Benton and Washington counties have run um, great campaigns. I mean, who can who can answer that question without mentioning Kelly Kraut, who has yeah. the, she's like the TikTok queen of Northwest Arkansas. and. <laughs> You know, just seeing her interact with celebrities and uh, but also like really just taking to every voter 
um, a message that's like progressive, but it's also common sense. Like mm -hmm. seeing her talk about guns, seeing her talk about mm -hmm. um, pro-choice issues, seeing her talk about things that um, that are hard issues to talk about in Arkansas. I mean, but using like TikTok to be able yeah. to answer them in a minute, you know, right? And, a and a, a brand people. new, a brand new way to communicate with people. Yeah, um, you wanted to ask about the fundraising. Right? Yeah, I mean, because that was one of it. I mean. Uh, because Kelly, she she had some really great fundraising outcomes due to due to her her TikTok stuff. But you were able to find a great way to to fundraise as well on social media. I mean, how do you feel about the whole phenomenon of uh, you know the crowdsourcing funds, which is how it should be, right? I mean, that's what we saw from Celeste Williams' campaign here in the third district. Um, I mean, just like the the way that people have come out and and supported these candidates, in particular Matthew Stallings, uh, who is our friends from from Central Arkansas, who's running for state representative, um, firefighter. firefighter. Yeah, yeah, helps with the firefighting union down there. Um, amazing guy. I mean, he's going to be awesome. Um, I think he's running a really close race too. Um, what what do you feel about you know just those efforts? And I mean, are you inspired by that? The the way that people donate to those efforts? I think uh, we never thought when we were launching like just a Twitter and Facebook like link for people to consider lifting up all of the candidates who had stepped up to run for the legislature up here, um, that it would be that appealing. You know, we thought Mary's a couple thousand dollars and, and then it would move on. But I think what, what connected with people is that there was, um, we just did everybody in Benton, Washington County to try to help everyone in this like broadly Northwest Arkansas region um, went from, you know, Bella Vista down to Winslow, and we even dipped over into Huntsville a little bit because we kind of considered that the Northwest Arkansas area. Covered a candidate yeah. that's running in Eureka and Berryville. And I think it was that, like, universal, like, we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. You know, we, I can't donate, you know, $1,000 to each of those candidates, but if we all pitch in together, we can kind of, like, push back against the candidates that have way better funding. And so, you know, that was really encouraging to see. But I think another component to this, y'all, is that we know that while this area has some of the like worst income inequality in the in the state, um, that this area is really blessed when it comes to like its economic success right now. Absolutely. And so yeah. when it comes to you know particularly even areas in Northwest Arkansas or like in other parts of the state where um, that economic development is not the same, I think it's really important as we develop our leadership in this area that we are connected to you know other parts so yeah that the one effort with the 15 candidates was awesome we raised a lot of money for those candidates um, we raised some money for matt stallings you know down in central arkansas that's a you know a race that's near and dear to my heart because my dad is a firefighter mm. but um you know i've been you know really proud to support candidates who are running in south arkansas and over in the delta and running in places that um, we need to all be in it together, you know, and, and yeah. that part for fundraising is really cool because the internet lets me, I don't have to write a check and put it in the mail, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I can share a link on Facebook and, you know, in a few hours we can raise a few hundred bucks for somebody that lives all the way in El Dorado or Jonesboro. Right. So one of the things that me and you always joke about is when you're going to run. So, <laughs> uh, so is, is 2022 looking like a good year for you to possibly try to uh, step into the political ring as a candidate? I think that's a good question. I um, personally am really interested in helping more people run. I mean, I think, um, you know, maybe someday I always joke that like my favorite, I think my like retirement job that I'd love to have would be like to be mayor of Fayetteville. I think that's such mm. a cool, you know, job to have. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite city. That's why I choose to live there. 
Um, and so that would be fun to do someday. Mm. Obviously, that's not a race in 2022, so and yeah. I'm not trying to run Lionel Jordan out of office. <laughs> He's a great mayor. That's right. But, um, yeah. but you know, I, I, um, I think that would be a fun job someday. But um, as, you know, we've all talked about, I love recruiting people to run for office. I love um, connecting people to what they're really passionate about. And we still have so much work to do up here that, um, that I, I'm still pretty focused on that. I feel you. I feel you. I've been trying to draft Manny to run for city council, too, but he also doesn't want to get... Like, I, I think Manny would be perfect. He's a good speaker. He cares about people. Manny like, for I mayor think, has a good ring, too. Right? <laughs> that too. But Manny doesn't want to. Manny no. wants to stay in the background. Where I, want, I, I want Latinas to run. I, I, I never want to take a place of a, of a Latina. Dang, that's deep. We, we got to keep those. I mean, I, I honestly, look, it, I, I want both of you to run for office, but, like, if it was you or a woman, I'd vote for the woman. I, 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 I get out. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I, I think uh, almost every man Major problem in this country has been caused by men. So yeah, yeah. And shout out, and shout out to your Elizabeth Warren shirt. Thank you, thank you. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, I think that's that's a pretty good place to to wrap it up. Wrap it up this week. Um, just want to thank all the listeners that are listening on ninety nine point nine FM. Um, all the people that are listening online. Yeah. Um, thanks for always supporting. Um, share the share the podcast, and uh, we appreciate Will for being here for taking the time. Any final message for us to wrap up the podcast that you wanna? Because this is gonna come out on Monday. Um, so, any final message that you wanna let our our listeners know? Uh, any kind of motivation you wanna give them for election day? Will? I think if you're listening to this before seven thirty p.m. on Tuesday, you better get in a line to vote if you haven't voted already. <laughs> there you go. You heard. See you next week. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>